Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny and Lady Chow Fung, and we're going to talk about Executioners from Shaolin and Clan of the White Lotus. Uh, these are two movies that deal with the aftermath of the destruction of Shaolin Temple. The first is directed by Lao Kar Lung and is a story that spans decades, telling the story of Shishan's disciple Hung Si Quan in his quest for revenge against Pai Mei. His son, Hung Wei Ting, picks up his father's cause and faces Pai Mei. The second movie, Clan of the White Lotus, is directed by Lo Lie and is set in the wake of Pai Mei's death. As another member of the sect, White Lotus seeks revenge against Hung Wei Ting. Both movies feature Lo Lie as the villain, and the hero is Hung Wei Ting, who must master female-style martial arts to defeat his enemies. Uh, so, guys, what did you think of these movies? Um, I, I, I enjoyed both movies. They're um, classics. This is not the first time I've seen them. I've seen them several times. But they're both classic movies, and they both have great stars and great kung fu. Kenny? Uh, no, yeah, they were definitely really enjoyable movies. Like, it, it, I think these, these, this is the first time I've seen these two movies, and I really enjoy the sort of those humorous aspects of the movie a bit more. And these ones, are, they're very lighthearted. Like, it's a very sort of traditional wuxia movie in that, you know, you, you have... Um, Lots of training montages and sort of uh, figuring out the moments of inspiration types of things, and you also have very nice fight scenes, um, and then yeah, and, and jokes to sort of break up the tension every now and then, which I think is quite important in the movie. Whereas you know, in, other, in the other movies that we sort of talked about on the podcast so far, they've mostly been quite serious um, and relentless, I think, in in terms of their sort of action and. Uh, and how much tension that the movie provides, and I think this movie, sort of, the the set of movies, gives us gives a very nice uh, breath of fresh air. I think to the sort of genre there. And I'm just curious because since this is your first time watching them, what which movie did you prefer, for, or uh, did you did you feel that they were significantly different in any way? Uh, I definitely prefer the second one, so kind of the White Lotus more. Um, it well, mostly because it was definitely the, the more light-hearted of the two movies. So even though there was like moments of humor in the first one, the second one sort of kicked it up a notch with all the training in the woman style and the uh, and the um, uh, I can't remember what his name was. The bold, the, the, the head Lousy guy. Um, uh, Lousy Chung. Yeah, Lousy Chung. Um, yeah, sort of breaking up the. Uh, Sorry, there's a cat yowling outside. Um, Nasty <laughs> uh, um, Chung sort of, yeah, being the um, the butt of the jokes of the world time. And I, I, I thought that was more enjoyable than the first one, but doesn't mean the first one is bad by any means. It's just uh, my, my taste leans towards the second movie. Uh, Lady Chow Fung, which movie did you prefer? I prefer uh, Clan of the White Lotus more. Um just because it was a little bit more serious and I like the um, relationship between Hung Si Kwan and his wife and um, especially the the scene where um, they've just gotten married and she gives them a hard time in the bedroom. So, um, but I like that movie more because it was a little bit more serious. So, okay, so you liked, um, you liked Executioner's and Kenny, you like yeah. Clan of the White Lotus, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I think I think yeah I th I think it's very interesting because they're very they're very different in a lot of ways. Like I I I sort of uh, feel like Clan of the White Lotus is is more fun and and a little more exciting. But I feel like uh, Executioners from Shaolin feels almost more like a classic Hollywood movie. It's got like a uh, it, it's it's I, I, it's it's got like a classic. Uh, Lao Kar Lung feel to it. Do you know what I mean? It's got that sort of he 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 really gets you into sort of the setting and the characters and the and the romantic storyline. Um, but uh, but I feel like the second one is is you know kind of like Kenny says, sort of amps up a lot of the uh, the the pivotal details. Uh, but I kind of like them for different reasons. So I I feel like they're very complementary of each other. They they they're they're very easy to watch watch back to back. Um, oh yeah, definitely. 
I think the first movie for me is the buildup of the characters and the plot more so. Mm-hmm. And the second movie is definitely more fun with the, the humorous side. After watching something so serious, sometimes you need something a little comedic to bounce off of. Yep. So that makes them perfect to go. They're well balanced and suited for each other. And and even though Lau Kar Lung didn't direct the second one, it was directed by Lo Lier, uh, he did do the action choreography. So you you still see that aspect to it. I feel like I feel like the action in the second one is a little bit better in the uh, in some of the key moments. Like the uh, there's just there's just a lot of like really standout performances in it. I guess so. Like you have like the whole sword form that. Um, I forget what the character's name was who did it, but um, Jung Ching Ching plays her. What was that? I think her name was Ching Ching, at least in the um, dubbed version that I had. Yeah, they her called her Ching Ching, but I wasn't sure if that was her character's name or if that was them just using the actress's name. You know, sometimes they'll do that in these movies. Because um, when I looked at the uh, the cast, it gave like a different name than that. But um, but but Jung Ching Ching does like this sword form that's really cool. And I think she even does like a flip or something, and 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 you know the fights with uh, with Gordon Liu and 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 Kara Hui and like there's just so many great great fight scenes in it. Um, so I kind of like the the fighting a little bit better I think in the second one, but um, but they're both really good movies. So uh, you know it's it's, it's it, you know they're they're kind of like you know they're like I said they go really great back to back. Um, and they're sort of like, you know, quasi, you know, Clan of the White Lotus is a quasi sequel of, uh, uh, of Executioners from Shaolin. So there's, there's a, you know, there's connective tissue between them. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what, uh, what other aspects of the movies, uh, did you guys happen to notice? Mm, I, I think. For me, the first movie, some parts of the martial arts weren't that clear. So when he was training on the metal dummy, for example, um, and he was making the balls fall out of um, the head and he was trying to pin um, the balls of the, the time written on them correctly. So I wasn't really sure what he was doing there. I mean, I understood the concept of, you know, he's, um, Pai Mei being weakest between one and three, which is a really long time for a fight, which... <laughs> <laughs> when it actually happened was like two minutes like, oh no i think there was some time elapse going on in there i think i think that was the uh <laughs> sometimes they play fast and loose with the time um how did um the son know that he was weakest at that time i don't remember the father ever telling him that i i, I think i think the only way he could have picked it up is because he was watching his dad train and he saw and his dad kept looking at those pegs that were keeping track of time but may or maybe maybe there's a scene that we don't see of his father explaining it, but his dad didn't seem to care at all to explain any of this stuff to him. So I don't, I don't think, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm not actually sure that, um, uh, waiting actually paid attention to the time. He just sort of barged up to the, um, the headquarters of the, uh, of Pai Mei and just started challenging him without caring, you know, what time it is or whatever. I mean, he, he sort of guessed that there was a time relation, I think, because, you know, all the little balls, they said like 1, 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. or whatever, and there was the, the whole timekeeping pegs. And, but I don't think he actually knew anything about why, yeah, so, why um... that was important. I, I'm not a hundred. I mean, I know that his vital point like moved and it moved according to the time of day. And so I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I was, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not familiar enough with that sort of, you know, uh, the, the you know, the, that kind of martial art thing to, to really pinpoint what was going on there. I don't know. Lady Chow Fung, do you have any thoughts on that one or were, were you, uh, no, I was that familiar about the, I didn't know your vital points could move during yeah. the time of day. So, yeah, I didn't know anything about that. That was a bit confusing. And that he figured it out, I kind of figured was basically trial and error with some of the silver balls having the red markings on them. Were they to represent the vital points? I think it was the, I think it was maybe the movement of energy through the vital points. But I was I, again, I wasn't I'm not sure. Maybe maybe the balls represented the vital points moving. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was a little bit unclear on it myself, but, uh, 
Um, it, it was cool to see him doing it, you know, him hitting the machine, releasing the balls, and like picking the exact moment when the, ball, the right balls are there. And yeah, you know, I sort of like, oh yeah, you got it right, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> what I mean, does it mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind, I kind of file it under like sort of mystic fighting, sort of, you know, I, I didn't overthink it too much. I just, you know, it, it, it you know, it seemed it worked. And the important thing I think in that movie is you get the sense that Pyme is just this. He's he's he understands fighting on a level that's beyond just punching and kicking, and and is is you know is lethal in ways that are, uh, you know, surprising and difficult to understand, um, and and also he's just you know su- you know super you know he's got that whole thing that he does with his crotch where you know people <laughs> kick him and he it's amazing yeah he drags them to their deaths and then you know it's. It, and and then in the second movie, I, I kind of think the second movie is easier to grasp. Like the like all those, you know, it's easy to understand that like he when it, when they were going to punch him, that his body was just simply moving back with the force of their of their punches, and that the mastery of the the feminine style of martial arts was you know was 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 to get away to sort of get get through that to penetrate that. Uh, that lightness that he had. And so everything, I felt like everything in the second movie really kind of clearly came together, uh, in an understandable way. But, um, but yeah, but, but I do, I do agree with you, Lady Chafung. I thought that the, the wedding scene was, was really, uh, uh, charming. And, um, uh, it also, there's a, there's another movie called Wing Chung where they do something similar to that in the wedding scene. Um, with, uh, the movie with, uh, Michelle Yeoh in the nineties. But, uh, but I liked, I liked the whole boat sequence on the executioners from Shaolin movie. I thought that the, that, that was the part of the movie that really kind of gave, I felt gave the film roots. Like it gave it a sense of, of, um, uh, of really being, you know, taking place in a, in a real time and place. I totally agree with that. Um, I watched the, documentary Kung Fu Quest on Amazon Prime and being able to see that in the movie and um, being able to watch it actually tell the history of the different forms of Kung Fu and the whole boat sequence where they were telling the story of why they used the red boats and that's where the rebels, you know, hid out and um, went from town to town and helped others really gave um, executioners from Shaolin, a more historical and time period sense for me. And I like time period movies. So it really was a good tie in for me to be able to get the real history and then to see the history come alive in a movie. Well, and I like too the, the way that they tied it to the opera troops and all that, like that, that was just like a, you know, it's, it's not, I I like when they weave that in to the, to the storylines. Um, yeah, I mean, because usually when like, when you watch sort of Rushar movies, it's not very easy to sort of forget that there are things, grand things going on in the background. You know, um, the rebellion and yeah, and the fact that the, that the, you have the uh, the officials trying to stamp out all of these martial sects and that sort of thing. I mean, it's, it, we we normally we just sort of focus on like one person and his grudges or, or his or her grudges and his or her trials and tribulations, right? And it was very nice. It was definitely yeah, and I agree with you, Lady Chaplin. And it was a nice sort of um, view into the era basically of, of what shapes a, a person's life there you know the daily sort of uh, um, what people encounter on a sort of daily basis and how their lifestyle changes with the things that happen around them yeah and i guess i guess we should mention too for listeners that the movie is set during the qing dynasty so it's like a you know china under manchu rule type film and the heroes are all sort of you know trying to resist uh, the the Qing Dynasty and their um, uh, it's all sort of in the wake of the destruction of, of Shaolin at the uh, uh, at the you know direction of Pai Mei who's sort of uh, uh, you know gone over to the uh, to the to the Qing side and is um, uh, you know just trying to basically root out the remnants of, of Shaolin. Uh, so what, another thing I like too is the um, uh, the family, the like, executioners from Shaolin is all about a family. You know, it's the mother, the father, and the son, and and I, I, it's, it's a, 
I, I think it gives the movie a lot of heart. And I think Lau Kar Lung movies, they tend to have that. He's very good at giving films heart and, uh, and having very simple things sort of guide the plot. And, and so that to me is a, a, a real emotional anchor in the film. Um, and, uh, and again, I think, you know, the, uh, you know, you, you know, you mentioned the wedding scene, but I think, I think, you know, all of sort of the dynamics between the husband, wife and son are kind of important throughout the movie because, you know, the, the mother is the one who trains, uh, trains the, the son in the film. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that, uh, to, you know, I, I sort of found their, their relationship, uh, really important. And, um, and so, yeah, so I don't know, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that as well. I think that was actually essential, the fact that um, the mother was the one who trained him. Because in the final fight scene, it was because of uh, his prodigious leg strength that he manages to stay on top of Pai Mei and stab him in the in, in the skull, right? So yeah. it was very important that he he had trained his leg strength to that degree. Well, yeah, and also it was... Um, uh, the the I forget what I was going to say there, but, but like, yeah, I think the... Um, I think I think it was a, a really important part of the movie for that reason, and you know, but also just I, I guess I meant more like uh, just on an emotional level, just like you know the the mother training the son and being a little bit severe with him, and uh, you know, sort of uh, the you know um, the, the the there were there were all these little things that happened in the movie, like the there was that dinner sequence where the son, the son keeps trying to beat the father at Kung Fu and he goes out and he fights him and the father beats him up basically. And, and the fight, uh, doesn't end by dinner time. So they go in to eat. And then during the meal, the meal slowly transforms into a Kung Fu match between the father and son. And they end up like destroying, uh, all the clean clothes that are hanging out on lines in the yard. And the mom gets really mad and reprimands them for it. And, I don't know, just all those moments like that I, I really enjoyed in the movie. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, the relationships between those three characters are very important because I think if the father had been less stubborn and had maybe taught the son the kung fu, we wouldn't have had the the ending that we had to the movie. So it was very essential for the mother to be strong and fierce with him because I think kind of the son was impish in a way he was always trying to be tricky but she needed him to concentrate so she had to be hard on him and then when she did reprimand the father and the son and they had to clean up the mess was a good message for them to kind of spend a little time together but yeah their relationships with each other were very important to the movie i'm sorry my cat is a little feisty today oh that's okay no worries um but yeah no that that's that's uh i i, I definitely would agree with that and i think i think also the um you know the, the obvious sort of draw to the movie is uh is pai Mei him, himself and uh and 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 it's it's it, so it's, it, in these two movies what what happens you have in the first movie you have pai Mei played by lolier who's the uh who's the villain and in the second movie uh, you know, uh, Pai Mei is killed at the beginning. He's played by another actor, but he's killed. And Lolier, uh, basically looking exactly like he did as Pai Mei in the first movie, uh, you know, comes into it as uh, sort of the senior brother or something of the Pai Mei character and, and, and is, is seeking out revenge against the son from the first movie. So he's, he's seeking out revenge against uh, Hung Wei Ting, uh, this time played by Gordon Liu. And, um, and so he's really like the loom, he's like the Darth Vader. Of, of of the movies and he's 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 one of the most imposing villains i think uh in 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 these kind of films and i'm, I'm going to use the term paime loosely just to refer to both characters because they're both played by lolier and they're both essentially visually look the same um but they are they distinct characters what was that yeah i was gonna ask that were, were they both castrated as well i know that the, the paime in the first movie was castrated he wasn't castrated in the well from what i understand in the kung fu that he practiced he had gotten to the point where he was able to retract his genitalia up so far yeah that's what i thought was going on too that's that what I, I think that's what was going on too but too 
But but the first time I saw it, I thought he was castrated as well. But then I I, I think that Lady Chow Fung is right that uh, that he's he's retracting his genitalia, and and he does that crotch grab with it, which is uh, you know a really interesting way to to end a fight. Um, okay, for some reason I thought Pai Mei practiced um, a martial art that required him to be sort of castrated. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not really, uh, you know, qualified to, to say whether that's correct or not, but my, 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 based on the movie, my, my impression is that he was retracting it, but it's, you know, we can, we can look that up and, uh, and try to, uh, confirm it next, uh, next podcast. Um, and I'm basing it on not just this film, but other films that I've seen with characters that were so similar are using the same techniques that he was using, and they refer to it as reaching the ultimate high May level, being able to retract genitalia. There, there is a style of kung fu named after him, I believe. I think it's called Bak May. Um, you might be able to look that up and see if if any kind know. of uh, uh, if it mentions anything like that. Not not that it would necessarily be connected to the real martial art, um, but. Uh, but yeah, but I think uh, you know, just as a character, he's just this looming, looming threat to them, and he's and he's so, you know, like the in both movies, they basically have to fight him three times before they beat him, and and so he's he's a, he's like a real genuine threat against the hero. He's not he's not he's not uh, you're not just waiting for the hero to go and and fight him at the end. The hero has to make real headway, or the hero is not going to be able to beat him by the end. And so I think the sense of danger in the movie uh, feels real for that reason. And I think Lole's performance as the villain is great. Um, so, you know, so I think that, to, you know, that's, uh, you know, both, both movies, I think, benefit strongly from Lolie in, in that kind of a role. And I think he did it really well. I mean, he, he had the air of a sort of otherworldly arrogant master um, down to a T, I'd say. I mean, he, he it, you know, he, he, he times his laughs and his smiles and his nods very well. That's all I was like, yep, I know exactly what you're doing because I am better than you. And I think that we sort of really adds to the character. And, yeah, and partially why you know, we, we see his downfall as well is because of this sort of pride and arrogance that he displays all the time. Exactly, and I think that the arrogance is just over the top in the first movie, especially giving directions on this is how you do the tiger style. I mean, what villain actually teaches you how to do the movements before you kill him, you know? It's just like, I'm so much better than you, I'll tell you how to do it, but... What, I'm going to win in anyway. What I liked about that too is he was also kind of slapping him with like your father didn't teach you his kung fu, did he? So it was like a there was like that little slap and he's like, "Okay, you know, I'll be generous and teach you the rest of your dad's kung fu." And it's also like an extra slap cuz he's kind of saying like, "I'm going to teach you this stuff and you're still not going to be able to beat me." Like that's how, you know, it's it's I don't know, yeah, that's a really great part of the of the film, I think. Um and and I love when they do that sort of thing in the middle of a fight when like there's a fight and and some guy is teaching another guy you know during during you know as they're exchanging blows. Um, and that happens in both movies as well because I think in the second in the kind of White Lotus um, when Wei Ting was sort of fighting him I don't remember when he was fighting him um, he, he was sort of Paimei or um, Lily's character was just saying like, "Oh, that's not how you use force or whatever." And the subtitles got a bit weird at that point, but I think he was sort of like speaking about how to properly channel energy and all of that, um, and trying to explain it to uh, uh, waiting and uh, which is you know it's a sort of a, um, a mirror of what happened in the first movie when uh, it was explaining how to do tiger style. This time it's like saying, "No, you're using energy the wrong way," type <laughs> of thing. Well, and and then the second one too is when we get the hundred pace palm, which is um, which is when he he strikes the people in the in the chest, and if they walk a hundred paces, they die. Um, which is you know if you've seen Kill Bill, they kind of borrow that uh, that concept, um, and they borrow and and Pai Mei is a character in Kill Bill, um, but uh, but that that I thought is really cool, and I love how they you know Gordon Liu gets hit, uh, or sorry not Gordon Liu. Uh, uh, Hung Wei Ting gets hit in the with the, with the palm, and he doesn't die because he only walks like you know he doesn't walk the full one hundred steps. Somebody carries him 
the the rest of the way and then he gets healed um yeah you walk like 94 steps or something and he, and he rolled the rest of the rest of the way down the stairs and he got picked up and carried off <laughs> so it's funny they, they i think i counted like 17 steps and then the physician said some number that didn't match that and then he later said a different number so i don't know how i don't know if it was the dubbing or, or what um so i don't know how uh, many... I, think, I think when he was talking last uh, at the last moment to pay saying oh i didn't die because i knew what 99 steps was more of a bragging sort of thing saying like uh, i i conquered your ultimate technique because i didn't take the last step what are you gonna do about it <laughs> okay but uh but yeah so yeah I, I, in the in the second one too he kept doing the thing where he uh, he would he would show up on the one day of the year that Pai Mei uh, sort of spends the day not doing anything. I think it's during yeah, the Dragon Boat. Kind of funny because in the first movie, it seemed like it was his weakest time was between one and three. But in this movie, in um, Clan of the White Lotus, it was there's one day of the year that I rest. And it seems like the rest day is his weakest day. So it didn't matter what time of day he went that was going to be the day and how do you manage on three different years to go on the exact same day <laughs> yes well the good thing about it is it really helps you keep track of time in the movie um you know is a is a is a really easy way to figure out how much time had elapsed but um and i keep calling him pie but i should emphasize he's a different character it's white lotus um but uh but basically the same character like basically he looks the same and acts the same um, I do want to bring up something interesting, though. So this is with regards to the names of the movie. So in English, for the first movie, we have called Executioners from Shaolin, but the Chinese title is actually the name of the, of the, the father. So it's uh, um, Hong Shi Quan. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, that's the... So you have a name of... I mean, Hong Shi Quan is a sort of a folklore character. So um, people who are sort of familiar with chinese history or watch like period dramas would know who this person is and i guess that's why they localized the title differently and the title for the second movie is actually uh hong waiting um uh breaks white lotus can after three tries i think is a sort of that's, oh, wordy that's, translation okay, yeah that's interesting yeah. Well, that that is that's also a very accurate description of the plot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, before you even watch the movie, you know he's gonna yeah, you know, but his third attempt is gonna be exactly but, when he manages to. Uh... But but that's kind of interesting because it does. If if you go into a movie called you know some guy takes three times to do something, you're gonna you're gonna be expected. You know, it sets the expectations in a much different way. Um, yeah, and I think it's probably a Chinese sort of culture thing. So I've, I've noticed sort of reading random novels and such that they, the titles that the authors use for the chapters are, well, for lack of a better term, full of spoilers. And, you know, and, and, and they do this knowingly. So they, they want you to know that this is going to happen, but they don't care that you know that's happening. They want they want to show you the journey from how, um, you know, the, the, from the current situation and how that leads up to the ending if that makes sense don't, and don't the they, ending that's important for don't them. they even do that with mysteries as well like i know i've read mysteries where they've they've basically said how everything happened at the beginning and you know you you know it's sort of like a just a uh, i i think maybe just planting the expectation is 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 maybe a part of the writing style or something i don't know yeah, I'm not sure about mis. I've not read any mysteries that have done that, but I think it, 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 there are some some sort of novels where they um, and it's just web novels. I don't know if it's a thing a thing in natural like classic literature or not. But the first the, you know, the first like couple of paragraphs explains you know um, the main character several years down the line and what they're doing and uh, locked in a grand battle, and then they zoom back into you know when he's just starting out and and and, and start talking about his uh, training and all of that. Uh, and yeah, okay. they, they refer to something like 500 chapters down the line at the beginning, very beginning of the book, and then they start talking about what actually happens before that. Okay, okay, um, but yeah, that's that's very interesting about the titles, though. I uh, I I often wonder about that when I when I you know because they you know the 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 names are so colorful when they when they uh, when they come up with the titles for the the overseas versions, but uh, but a lot of times when you explain the the real title to me, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, so, and, uh, oh, what were you going to say? I think sometimes the real titles are better because then the overseas titles don't exactly 
give you a clue of what's going on or or it changes so much that it's like that has nothing to do with the movie yeah and i don't i i think i, I guess i guess part of it must be just like sort of like uh what, what did you say the full title for clan of the white lotus was kenny um it was something like hong wei ting um three breaks white lotus clan basically okay so yeah so i mean maybe it's partly to do with um the brevity of brevity. i mean but in the first yeah, I mean, one it sounds like they didn't name it that simply because they felt that there wouldn't be the cultural understanding of the character so. Yeah, I guess it'd be like naming you know, a, a Western movie, Robin Hood, and uh, and trying to screen it in China, and people might not actually know who Robin Hood was. Whereas if you said something like The Archer from Sherwood Forest or yeah. whatever, something like that, <laughs> maybe people will have a better idea. I, I, actually, I do wonder what, what the... Because I know that they do give them different titles when they send the movies there as well, so uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to do some comparisons. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so... Um, and also, I think in the uh, in the second movie, they have the the whole thing with with uh, the Karahui character teaching him the, the the and you get you get this sort of theme in both movies. But uh, 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 Wei Ting has to master the the feminine style of kung fu in order to beat White Lotus because White Lotus is so light that all the punches keep kind of just sort of pushing him back further and further. And and so she uh, so in order to master this style, not only does he have to train with her. But he has to learn how to sew and how to um, how to weave baskets and how to basically do all kinds of you know crafts and things that are considered more female. And his voice even changes during the course of his training. Like he starts talking more gently, and he starts acting a little bit more more like a woman. Um, and and again, that's kind of something that happens in the first movie with with the same character, but in a different way. Um, so yeah, so I, don't know, I thought that was kind of an interesting feature of the film. Um, yeah, I, I I thought you know for so when they when they sort of um, make him start learning the the woman style what they call it, and when we sort of and between the three of us we sort of decided that's what the plum blossom style, which um, yeah, I think we, we were we were debating whether it was plum blossom, some form of tai chi, or maybe wing chun, but it was difficult to, but it looks like plum blossom when we when we saw footage. Yeah, but the movie refers to it as woman style. I think just for uh, maybe the, the subs were put that way just to help sort of understand. I mean, I, I sort of I, I think the, the sort of key point there is to, um, the sort of the balance between yin and yang sort of thing. I mean, tiger style is uh, a very fierce yang. yang style. It's sort of the manly macho. You need to be fierce in your strikes. You need to be strong with your fists and that sort of thing. Whereas, yeah, the plum blossom style is the exact opposite of that. Where, uh, and I think sort of, sort of the training montage where he's learning how to sew and um, care for the baby and weave baskets and stuff. It's more learning how to restrain himself and mm -hmm. not necessarily using the 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 brute macho sort of. Um, strength that is used to employing all the time but i like how there was a time and a place for both of them that it take took a combination of both styles in order to bring him down because you could start off with the fierceness of the tiger style and then end in order to get close you needed to employ the woman style to actually do the killing of the character so it, um it's a combination of the two which shows the balance of life that you know you yin and yang have to work together in order to accomplish it yeah no and and also it's you know it kind of you know because in the without his uh his uh his friend to do the the crane style you know you, you kind of have to bring those you have to bring the two things together almost i think but i think even he even the crane style wasn't working on white lotus right even that was not in this movie at least was too uh maybe too hard or too yeah and i think in sort of classic uh, um tv series where they use the tiger style and the crane style it's always been the case of you know how the main character gets the inspiration to combine the two mm -hmm. um and, and sort of like switching between the fierce strikes and the gentle um sort of flowing strikes of the crane style and bundling them into one person basically and and yeah the, the tiger crane style was actually a um a, 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 a kung fu style from 
from I think that's uh, sort of Hongar, right? Um, they actually have the Tiger Crane style as part of that. I mean, I I know I know that there is a Tiger Crane style, but I'm not I'm not terribly familiar with it. Um... Uh, yeah, the, that's where it comes from, and you know, all the Hungar comes from the the movements of ten different animals, and the crane, and the tiger, and the bear, and the snake, and there are six others that it came from. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not as uh, uh, clear on the on the, the the geography of all that, but um... to watch that um, Kung Fu quest. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I, I even did, uh, I did a little bit of Sanchu and they used to get into some of the Kung Fu stuff there. But, um, but again, you never know quite if you get, you know, when you, when you go to like a martial arts school, you never know how, how accurate your information is that you're getting. Uh, yeah. it's, it's sort of, it's all passed from person to person or from generation to generation. And, uh, you know, you hear different things in different, different, different schools and different places. Um, oh, what were you going to say? No, I was gonna say yeah, and and you know the tire crane style is you know that that's definitely something real, and it's always the the crux of the sort of the climax of those sort of TV series, which have tiger and crane style separately, is bringing it together, and which is sort of what. I mean, they, they could have gone that route in kind of the White Lotus, I think, if they instead of having him rely on his uh oh his dead friend um. With, for the for the tiger crane style, if they had him just sort of learn the uh, the crane style and combine it with his, I mean, I think he tried, didn't he? I think there was moments where he was trying to do tiger crane style, but he wasn't, he couldn't quite switch between it well enough. Yeah, he was using um, his friend Lousy, whatever his name was, um, to help him with the crane style, but um, he couldn't really marry the two together. And so um, Kara Hui's character taught him her style. But I think that's why I believe that um, the White Lotus clan leader was one step above um, Pei, um, you know, Pei, Cat? Pai Pei Moss. <laughs> Pei, yeah, in the first movie because... If they were, I don't know, to me, if they had been more on the same level, um, the tiger and the crane even would have done the job, but they needed a more gentler style than even the crane style to go with the white, to defeat the white lotus. Yeah, because he, he is a different character, and, he's, and, they're, and, and they're training on those paper dummies, which are super light, and he's basically doing the same thing as the paper dummies are, so... It's like every time they try to like strike him with force, his body just sort of drifts back, and it's very sort of an interesting visual the way they do it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I think that is also probably uh, a good explanation there that uh, that he's you know that the White Lotus is is even even at a, operating at an even higher level. So uh, so you would have to find some some even I don't know even more like an even softer style of attack. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know the, uh, and I thought that the, I, I really liked, uh, Kara Hui's performance in this one. I thought that her, uh, uh, the way that she did that style was really graceful. It looked, it looked really good on screen. Um, and, uh, and it was a, you know, she, she was a pretty important character in the movie too. So, and actually, one thing I want to comment about um, a lot of the characters. I, I, this has always been a, a, something I nitpick about in Wuxia movies is that they're very uh, blase about death. I mean, people have died, and they're they're not really showing much grief about any of it, really. I mean, they go no, and then there's okay, let's go practice martial what, arts. What, what was the uh, what was the expression that you told me uh, when we because this came up in another conversation? You said something about there's a saying that uh, about death, and it has a feather involved. And I oh yeah, death is as uh, light as a he- light as a feather, uh, or as heavy as a mountain. And so, yeah. So I, I think maybe you know, I, I that 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 anytime I see that now, that's what I think of. Um, ever yeah. since you mentioned that, and I th- I I feel like um, uh, it, it 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 a lot a lot of the emotions I think the characters feel are not necessarily emotions that are to be displayed, if that makes sense. Um, so. 
So I think a lot of it is just that we're not seeing their internal world all the time. And they're not emoting because they're, you know, they're tough martial heroes who don't, who don't emote. And, and also maybe they're surrounded by death so much that they're just able to keep, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, I don't know if it's that they're not feeling it. It's just that they don't, you know, they're not going to let it interfere with getting things done. Um, but yeah, there is a casualness about it that, uh, um, I don't know, could also have something to do with the, uh, the, the hour and 30 minute runtime of the film. And yeah. And the, and, and so but, most of the time during like training and, uh, but did, did uh, you have a particular moment where you were thinking of that? I, uh, I think it's just in the, in the, in the sort of, um, the second movie. Yeah. The, 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 the woman, um, I remember her name was Mei Hua was pregnant and, and you know her, her lover just released from prison and then subsequently murdered um and yeah and, and she doesn't really I, I don't recall her showing much grief at all to be honest um and she just got, got on with it i mean she uh, it was immediately when they're hiding in the forest and they're like oh they're probably dead now well well in that case let's go there and meet up with my friend and they can he can look after us yeah, there there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of and and, and also his uh, his um, the woman that he wanted to marry died uh, the Gordon yeah. character uh, she and she died terribly uh, by May like you know uh, in a way I was kind of surprised that they that he just left her you know let her let her sort of fend off the the enemy for them in that way but um, but yeah so but but also if you think back to the first movie there was the scene where uh, and I'm, this is going to be a spoiler so people haven't seen the movie and they don't want anything spoiled they should stop listening now but in in the first movie when um when um uh uh, uh si guan goes to um to to fight pai mei for the i think the second time uh and he doesn't come back you know she basically accepts that he's dead and the son is like you don't even care like you're not sh-, like like she wasn't really showing any emotion or anything but she—I forget what her explanation was, but she she said that she cared. It's just that she had kind of accepted it and 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 was you know uh, trying to focus on on her on on getting her son to to uh, to train for revenge. Um, so maybe it's just that you know the the idea of just being very task focused and uh, and and not letting the grief uh, you know sort of uh, undermine. You know all all of the things they need to work toward, but I yeah, don't know. I suppose that the mentality maybe uh, we have time to grieve later. Yeah. We need to get revenge first, and then. But I think Karahui's grief came out later in the film when she was trying to um, train. Um, Wei Ting, when remember the scene where they were fighting each other, and he didn't want to fight her. Ow! Sorry, That's my okay. Um Where he didn't want to fight her, and that, and I guess it's because of the gender roles that you know that was someone else's wife, and he didn't want to show any, um, you know. I thought it was just because he didn't want to grow her because the tiger style had a lot of sort of hands-on in the sort of chest area and the and the groin area, and he was just like, well, I don't know where to put my hands. <laughs> right, and so he didn't want to fight her because of that, but when she's yelling at him, just do it, come on, you're all I have left. To me, that was showing that she was grieving the loss of her husband, but yet she was still focused on the task at hand. She wanted him to do it, even though, you know, it could show some impropriety because of their roles. But, I mean, to me, that that showed grief there, that she was upset. Not just at the fact that he wouldn't fight her, but the fact that he wouldn't fight her, but her husband's dead. Now, what are you going to do about it kind of thing? Yeah, I kind of got that vibe in that moment, too. Um, and I also got the vibe that Kenny was talking about, where I think it was the touching aspect. Because I think, you know, because especially with Pai Mei, you know, you have to, like, get him in the groin and all these spots. And so I think he, I think he was very reluctant to touch her for that reason. But I also got the sense that she was like sort of rebuking him with with there was like grief underneath that rebuke 
Um, yeah, sort of like the you, you you're training so hard, you should be doing everything you can to get revenge for your brother, for my husband type of yeah. thing. Why are you quibbling over these little things like touching yeah. me? Yeah, and it and it doesn't necessarily need to be said explicitly, but you kind of sense it in the in in the way that she like the way that her face looks and uh, and 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 how she's saying it. But um, but yeah, I don't know the uh, uh, but that was an interesting moment. Also, the fact that that they 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 clearly have um uh that he still feels uh you know like that is inappropriate i think shows that 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 they you know that they that he still has those uh that is is his uh uh his friend and his um and his uh i guess his his former fiance for lack of a better word uh in mind um, well, I think it's just more in China in that period. It's inappropriate to even like touch the hand of a woman you're not associated with properly, well, right? But so, what I mean is that they like they. I don't think there was any chance that they were going to get married or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Uh, and so you know, because that was the solution that Lao Si Chung, you know, he said, you know, if you, you know, until you guys get married or something, you know, like it'll 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 be scandalous for 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 you to do that. And I didn't get the impression that 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 was something that was in the cards for either character down the road that they were going to marry. No, they were, they were more like siblings. Yeah. Uh, that was all the impression they got between the two of them. You know? Yeah. I, I would, I would probably agree with that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I don't know, but I, but I thought that was, um, uh, yeah, that, that movie was, uh, I think I think for me more entertaining to watch, but the uh, the first one, uh, you know, kind of had a little I don't know a little more emotional weight to it or something if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Do you guys have any? Uh, we're coming on the the forty five minute mark. So do you guys have any additional thoughts on the uh, on the films? I think they're. Um classic movies you have to see both of them and i suggest you watch back to back executioners from shaolin first and clan the white lotus second great film. yeah don't do what don't do what i did and watch uh, clan of the white lotus first and then executioners from shaolin i i think that's not always bad though because sometimes it gets you more interested in what came before if that makes sense I guess it's like watching Lord of the Rings and not watching The Hobbit. It's sort of, uh, yeah, it, it, it's fine even if you know what's going to happen and it's good to see, you know, the, the journey leading up to it. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the, the two movies were really good. Um, I don't think you actually have to be a fan of the Wuxia genre to watch them. I mean, they, they had their charm in their own way that I think even uh, a person not familiar with the genre would, would be able to appreciate it. Um, yeah, it wasn't... It didn't really have that many sort of ridiculous fight scenes. Everything was sort of believable. Um, yeah, it, it, it sort of showcased showcased people with yeah the sort of human levels of martial skill, with the exception of Pai Mei, who was a bit more on the mystical side at times. Um, and no, I, I think yeah, just showing this movie to anyone and they'll probably enjoy it for what it is without you know having to have a deep understanding of it. Yeah, I, I definitely would say it's like more got more of like a kung fu. Uh vibe to it uh in terms of the, the way the fighting the way the fighting is done um but uh yeah the uh both of them are available on prime which is you know why we're talking about them mainly but uh so people can if you have the prime service you can you can you can see both these movies uh there's a third movie that we didn't talk about um largely because it's not on prime and so i don't i'm i kind of want to focus on movies that are easily available to people but there's another film called abbot of shaolin i think it's sometimes called slice of death and i think that came out between these two movies so um so it was like you know it, it was and it was directed by ho meng hua and who's another great director and uh and that's the story of the destruction of the temple so the fight scene at the beginning of execution of shaolin that's sort of where abbot of shaolin ends um but it also doesn't quite line up with uh, uh, the, the storyline in terms of uh, consistency. But uh, but Lole plays uh, Pai Mei in that one as well, uh, and it's a and it's a pretty pretty uh, terrifying performance, I think. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I think people should uh, should check out both movies. And like I said, I think I think the second one, uh, Clan of the White Lotus, is a little bit more entertaining and fun. And the first one is a little bit more of sort of a, a got a, you know a little bit more romance and heart to it, and uh, and and kind of takes place over a longer breadth of time. Uh, so uh, we will be on again uh, sometime in the next week. Me and uh, Lady Chow Fung will talk about whether we're going to be on again on Friday or if we're going to uh, be on again next week. And, and me and Kenny will be on again uh, in the near future as well. And I'll also be doing the, uh, uh, the, the, the discussion of the Doctor Who finale uh, with Adam, hopefully in the next couple of days. But with the holidays and everything, uh, you know, we might have some difficulty coordinating it. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll uh, uh, be on again and we'll talk to you later. Thank you.